Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, has Aaron O'Toole sufficiently clarified his position on gun control? We will maintain the ban on assault weapons. We will also, as I said today, work with police on gang violence, which has gone up incredibly over the last few years, and target the illegal smuggling of firearms. With less than two weeks to go until Election Day, the Liberals increase their attacks on the Conservatives. Aaron O'Toole is trying to pretend that testing is as good as vaccinations. No, 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 we're not forcing our candidates to get vaccinated, he says. We're making sure they get tested. Testing doesn't prevent you from ending up in the ICU. And as a major milestone passes, what impact is the detention of two Canadians in China having on the campaign? We're going to renew our calls that we've got to do everything possible, everything we can, working with our international allies to continue to apply pressure on China to secure the release of, of these Canadians, of our fellow Canadians. It's Tuesday, September 7th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top stories from the campaign trail this morning. We're joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Thank you for being with us. Good morning, Mark. Let's talk about the gun control issue in this election campaign. And it's interesting that Aaron O'Toole has basically changed his position on this. Uh, His position is now different from what's spelled out in the the platform, that magazine-style document that was released on the first full day of the campaign. Um, do you think this was a smart move by Aaron O'Toole, even though it means he is changing his position, which can sometimes be, uh, a, you know, a misstep in politics? Well, it's a familiar one, because um, the most notable example of this is the party itself, of, you know, a few months ago, when everything in politics feels like a lifetime, uh, but at its convention voted uh, against the reality of climate change. And Aaron O'Toole said something very familiar to what he was saying over the weekend, which is, I am the leader and I believe in climate change. Um, the party has pro, uh, pro-life elements in it, anti-abortion, and he says, I'm the leader, I'm pro-choice. And on gun control, he's done exactly the same thing, though one assumes he had a role in drafting the platform, but he is now saying, I'm the leader and I will take a different position. It's an interesting tag. I'm not sure that anybody but partisans or people deeply into politics, you know, sort of stick a, you know, put a stick in those differences and, and wiggle them apart. You know, does it matter what the leader is saying, what the party is saying? Are there differences? It It is... Um, notable that that he believes he can do this and he can be at odds with the drafters of the party platform or the party's votes at its convention and that this will not cause him any trouble down the road. As an election issue, it, certainly the Liberals are treating it as something to hammer O'Toole over the head with, but um, it's I think it's more directed at the idea that you can't believe anything that O'Toole says, that there, there's, there's, their positions on these hot-button issues are a sort of a moving target, pardon yeah. the pun. And so yeah, we, it's interesting we don't know. Because, because one of the criticisms of the Canadian political system in the last 10, 15, 20 years has been that there's too much power in the hands of the leader, and the leader can decide whatever he or she wants uh, to be the platform and the policy, and once in government... Uh, really just dictates what's going on, right? So that, in a way... Right, and O'Toole is, is he, sort of totally owning that. Yeah. He's just saying, I am the leader. Yeah. And that's that. 
So do you think that gun control has become an issue in this campaign, or is it sort of a 48-hour phenomenon? It is a very, very localized issue. If you live in Toronto, around the Danforth, you live out in Nova Scotia, where the mass shooting was, guns are very much on your mind. It's it's one of those those ones that it doesn't have... I don't think it has the polarizing, you know, uh, effect that it did in the 90s when we saw the Chrétien government do this and, and lose a bunch of seats in, in the 97 election because of it. I think it is very much targeted. Now, what I was told in the last campaign was that a small ad by Bill Blair on gun control actually really helped the Liberals in selected areas of the country. And um, this may be what they're doing now. You're going to see the Liberals focus on a bunch of issues in that are important in, in ridings across the country where the vote is between Liberals and Conservatives. So... Uh, the Liberal leader, Trudeau, he um, he rattled off a list on Monday when he was in Welland of all the ways in which Liberals and Conservatives were polar opposites. And that, you've got to think, is not focused so much on the big national vote, but on the votes in those ridings right. across the country where that's, that's important. Yeah. So let's talk about the Liberal strategy as it has evolved over the course of this campaign, because... Clearly, we're now into a phase where it's very much about raising concerns about the prospect of Aaron O'Toole forming a government and becoming prime minister and using that to rally liberal voters and perhaps NDP voters as well and getting them to switch to the liberals. Um, We've seen this before. We saw it in 2006 uh, when the liberals were running against Stephen Harper. Uh, We've seen it work before, too. um, But what do you think? Is it is it? demonstrating the level of desperation of, of Justin Trudeau and the Liberals? And, and is there is it going to be effective? Will these messages ring true with Canadians? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, everybody is looking for what this is like. So, I, you know, I've been around long enough. One where it worked and one where it didn't. Yeah. I think they, they on the Liberals' uh, side, what they would say is, Six weeks ago, nobody was actually even considering the prospect of Aaron O'Toole as prime minister. That um, the majority of Canada, if you count bloc votes, green votes, NDP votes, and liberals as progressives, which O'Toole was talking about himself, that that O'Toole is a is a, a wrong fit for the country as a whole. That would be, and that the time has come to remind Canadians that um, the majority of of Canadians that all of, of progressive Canadians would not be comfortable with O'Toole as prime minister. Now, whether that works or not, or whether the partisan divides are too deep, and I think it might be easier for a Justin Trudeau who hadn't been in power for six years to say this. I do. I think you, uh, if you ask whether it's desperation, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's the word I'd use, but I certainly have been talking to Liberals over the last week or so. And the fear of God is in them. Uh, that that the prospect of Aaron O'Toole as prime minister is very real to them now. The idea that Justin Trudeau is in his last two weeks as prime minister is uh, has got them white knuckled. So there's, it's not just aimed at at people whose votes might be wavering. There's also the liberal morale question. Liberals do well when they've got that that huge ground force motivated, and if they've decided that this thing is lost. Uh, then that's 
uh, you know, they might as well hang it up now. The the key phrase coming out of Trudeau's uh, appearance in Welland on Monday was, I can't back down. And that was, that was not, he was not talking to Aaron O'Toole there. He was not talking to himself, I think, a bit. But he was also talking to Liberal supporters. Mm. So yeah. there, there's, there's a bunch of... of um, there's a, a bunch of objectives in in ratcheting things up, and they are ratcheted up now. And the, you know everything is leading to debates on on um, particularly the English language debate on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, and and here's an interesting question. Very quickly before we move on to other things, there there's less than two weeks to go until the results of this election are announced. Um, people will be voting in advance polls this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. There's what is this election about ultimately? I'm not sure that's even clear yet. I think it is has become much more of a referendum on Justin Trudeau and whether you want him to continue to be prime minister than the Liberals thought it was going to be when when they when Trudeau went to see the Governor General. You know, I've um, I've cast forward in my mind, and if I were writing, say, a chapter in a book on this election campaign or, you know, sort of a large feature, I would, I, this is going to sound weird, but I would almost call this a mental health election. I wrote, hmm. as I alluded to this a little bit in the, I, I think what we have learned is that the, the nation is in a very fragile emotional state. And those protesters that are showing up at the rallies, but not just them, pandemic-weary Canadians, a lot of parents or people who are listening to this this morning are sending kids off to school and they're afraid of COVID's fourth wave. Um, and I I think the, the fact that nobody ever really, at least to date, is talking about it, that people are still angry that we're having an election. And that tells me that there's, a rage and a feeling there that we've had enough. We've just had enough. So all the parties have mental health in their platforms, but I actually believe that, that this is going to be the mental health election for Canadians. Yeah. All right. On the weekend, uh, this I'm not sure the extent to which this is connected to the election or will affect the election, but uh, there were marches for Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor, who have now been detained more than a thousand days in China. Um, what is being done on this issue? Mark Garneau, the foreign affairs minister, was in one of those marches. Um, but it doesn't feel like any progress has been achieved. And uh, the government has got to feel pretty frustrated about that and perhaps even a little bit exposed in the eyes of Canadians as they run for re-election. I was very, I, first of all, the, you know, it, it's staggering to think that it's a thousand days. I also really like the number 7,000 at the uh, the march. That was the number of steps that one of the Michaels walks in his cell every day so right. that he gets five kilometers in. It's um, It was poignant and, and heartbreaking, actually, and it is every time we think of these Michaels. What stops me from thinking that this is going to be an election issue, though, is the ways in which the other political leaders talked about this rally and and didn't use it as a stick to beat up the government. Uh, you saw Jagmeet Singh saying, I understand things are happening behind the scenes. And I think that is because none of the political parties want this fractiousness of our political debate to be something that the Chinese use to hammer Canadians and, by extension, the right. Michaels. So I think I, I've actually been... Um, heartened to see that the political parties know 
that that getting turning this into a partisan exercise could be very dangerous for the two Michaels. And I've I've been I, I think it's proof that they, if they can work together on some things, you know, I don't want to send all peace and love and Pollyanna, but um, I, I think the party's staying united against this and against the horror that is that the uh, Chinese keeping these two Michaels. I think that that keeps our eye on the ball. Hmm. Yeah. And they're also working together on a, an, uh, an ad uh, to promote vaccination. So there you go. There, there are a couple of examples of that. I know. Um, peace and peace in our time. <laughs> All right, Susan, it's going to be a very interesting week with the debates coming up, as you mentioned, uh, and again, sure less than two weeks to go. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, thanks, Mark, and happy after Labor Day. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. We will maintain the ban on assault weapons. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. At ctvnews.ca, Tom Mulcair argues, Justin Trudeau and Aaron O'Toole are engaged in a phony war over gun control. Mulcair writes, Both protagonists in this are playing hide-and-seek. Trudeau, with his failure to act during the six years he's been in power. O'Toole, with his real intentions. Trudeau is promising to finally get it right if only Canadians will elect him for a third time. Problem is, he's had six years to do it and hasn't. O'Toole is promising to maintain the restrictions and carry out an objective review. Problem is, he's already tipped his hand as to what that review should conclude. At globalnews.ca, Randy Boswell argues Aaron O'Toole has shot himself in the foot with a murky stance on gun control. Boswell writes, O'Toole is attempting once again to seem moderate and transparent, but he has instead shone a bright spotlight on his party's hard-right agenda on gun control and managed to make himself look untrustworthy in the process. He can count on facing more questions about the Conservatives' promises and unpromises on gun control during the next debates, but the damage has been done. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues, we have the tools to crush COVID's fourth wave, if only we'd use them. The Star writes, 7.8 million Canadians are eligible for vaccines, but still aren't fully protected. If it takes a kick in the rear end, like the threat of not being able to attend a movie or eat inside a restaurant unless you flash a vaccine passport, then fine. If it takes a $100 gift card, then do that too. Yes, it's ridiculous to pay people to protect their own health, but the social cost of seeing them fall sick and pushing the healthcare system to the point of breakdown is a lot greater than whatever those gift cards will add up to. Now, here's what's coming up on the campaign trail. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will make an announcement in Montreal, and then will take part in a virtual town hall in Ottawa. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will make an announcement and speak with the media in Ottawa. He will also hold a virtual telephone town hall meeting with Ontario residents. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will make an announcement in Toronto. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference in Ottawa, and Green Party leader Annamie Paul will be observing Rosh Hashanah in Ottawa. She has no media events planned today. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, September 7th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say every weekday on CPAC at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day. <laughs>